Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Birdsy, what's going on? How much, my friend? How are we doing today? We good? good? I'm good. Yeah, yeah things are good. Fe- um, feel everything good? Feeling good, yeah. yeah. We rented a car in Switzerland today. I had to put my wife on it because I had a ticket the last time I was in Switzerland. I never paid. So I didn't want them to arrest me when I get there. <laughs> so I was like, at last minute, I'm like, hey. You think over a ticket, they're going to be waiting for you. ticket? Like, if I put my name down, they may come, they may come meet us. And uh, so you're driving. The airport, as soon as you uh, come through customs they're waiting on you because of that exactly. one ticket like, yeah. uh, hey you never paid that ticket it's now up to $75,000 are you Whoa. vacationing during the NBA finals again this year like you were no. two years ago listen listen uh, Mitch was talking <laughs> Mitch or, I think Mitch was talking about it the other day well like at that time Doug and Wolf they were on vacation during the NBA play every everybody was on vacation you might have been the only one that wasn't every because Mitch or um Doug and Wolf were on vacation at some point uh, right Mitch uh, Vince yeah. wasn't Vince was. I don't think Dan was. I think the three of us were still here. Okay, but most people make vacation plans like well in advance. And nobody thought this. First of all, that was a crazy year because, you know, usually the season's over by, you know, early June and we've got plenty of time. That was a weird situation because everything got moved back. Back. The NBA finals started in July. Yes. Right. They, and, they were a and, month later than they normally were. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we, we frown upon taking off when, like, Cardinals training camp starts, yeah, I right? Touched, I touched the nerve. I really didn't realize I was uh, doing it's this. just like, you know. I was just making a funny joke. Like, I, whoa, no, hey. Whoa, no, I know. Whoa, I know. I, it's just, it was a weird year, man. I like, a lot of people taking vaca- had vacations planned, and then all of a sudden the Suns were in the NBA. Look, I was like, ruh It's nothing. It's nothing. Ruh-roh. I canceled. I didn't cancel. I backed out of two vacations that happened without me because I was not going to not be here if the Suns didn't win a championship. I mean, it was really that simple. There was a Mexico vacation and there was a San Diego vacation, both of which I said, I just can't go because I, I didn't I didn't want to not be here. Well, I didn't want to not here be here for you. That's just me. And I'm born and raised with this. Go ahead. Make your jokes, Mr. <laughs> Jokey. Joke maker. The question is, could you take vacation starting Monday? Well, with that, let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Put in my vacation request. Monday to Friday, Burnsy, in case they lose. If they get swept, I, mean, they I could, might not be here Monday. <laughs> I'm just I telling know. you right well, now. Listen, I'm, I, I might, might not prepare, be here I might Monday. prepare without you. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be the gambo and fill-in-the-blank show on Monday. If they, but they're not going to. They're not going to. In fact, we were just we were talking before we came on the air. I'm so confident about tonight yeah. that now I'm a little scared about how confident I am about tonight. Like I'm, well, we had I'm a, sure they're going to win. Sure they're going to win. We had a co-worker who came up to us. Hey, look. Suns are the bet. The bet of the game is the Suns plus mi- minus four. That's like the bet of the night, the bet of the day, you know, based on some service or something like that. So I think, yeah, listen, the odds are the Suns are going to win. They're favored by four, four and a half points. They're desperate. They're going to play desperate. Yep. You know, the Nuggets, we'll see. I mean, did the Nuggets take their foot off the gas just a little bit? How did the Suns play without Chris Paul? That's another thing we don't know. I mean, not sure how this game's going to go. Like, I, if I was a gambler, I wouldn't touch this thing with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> I, I, like I feel great about it, and I'm now I'm scared that I feel so great about it because I really to me well just for all the reasons that you said, 
They're back home. I do think the role players are going to play better. I think Kevin Durant is going to... I think Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are both going to be energized from having kind of those extra days off. I think the whistles are really going to go in favor of the Phoenix Suns, even though Monty's not politicking for them. I think the free throw disparity from Game 2... It's going to be something that everyone's going to keep an eye on, and and the, the whistle is going to be a little more favorable for the home crowd. And I just think, to your point, there is a level of energy the Suns will play with tonight that the Nuggets will not meet Total because desperation because their desperation level mm. the, the Nuggets don't have any right now, right? Like I just think that's the, the nature have the of horses. the NBA play. So the Suns have the horses to match a very balanced team that's not just too deep with Jokic and Murray, but can throw Michael Porter Jr. out there, Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Brown. They just they're deeper, brawn. They're deeper. Their players, like all their players, are, are playing well, you know. And the Suns are so heavily. De- the Suns have to not be dependent on two guys. That's the only to me. I think they have to win with other guys contributing because I think if it's just the two guys, I think it goes to Denver again. And yet, their two guys have to be special, and, and in particular, Kevin Durant. I, I look. All eyes are on number thirty-five tonight. Right, you, you gave up the farm to get this guy. Uh, he's he's been really really good so far this post season, but he hasn't had that elite wow Kevin Durant moment. Uh, Had Kevin Durant had a typical Kevin Durant game, they'd probably win game two, but he was just so off. Yesterday, he met with the media and he said, yeah, I watched the film and the shots that I missed, they they were good. They were the right shots for me to take. Yeah, we got some solid looks. We got some good looks. and So, sometimes we could have made some extra passes as well, but that's just a part of the game. It's a part of watching film and going back and making adjustments, but for the most part, I like I, I like the shots we put up, and hopefully we knock them down next time. Look, it's it's on him tonight, and and for that special Kevin Durant game, and and the question is, with no Chris Paul, will Devin Booker, assuming it's point book or campaign, you reported yesterday, you're barring a setback, it's going to be campaign who starts. I got to imagine getting Kevin Durant into a better, more productive flow is going to be priority number one for the Phoenix Suns tonight. How can it not be priority number one, right? Yeah, yeah, and especially when books run in the point, especially when campaign comes out of the game and books running the point how do you make Kevin Durant the focal point of the offense at that time you know to get KD free and let him have a special game he has to have that special type game we've gone over it in the past this week there's been a dozen games in Kevin Durant's playoff career where he was just 40 to 50 points absolutely killed it was unstoppable there was no answer for him he has to be that guy he has to be the guy that the Denver Nuggets have no answer for no matter who they throw at him no matter how many double teams and traps, they can't stop him from dominating the game. Yeah, but to your point, too, about other guys needing to step up, I do, given that there's going to be a quick turnaround to Game 4, given how many minutes, exorbitant minutes, the Suns have already played with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, will there be an attempt by Monty to limit their minutes a little bit tonight, or can Monty afford to do that? Depends does, on the flow of the game. Right? Does he just I think to, it depends on the flow of the game. Like if, like if they're getting good production from the bench, does Monty feel like midstream Okay, I can back off book a little buy bit. Buy another can, minute, buy two minutes. Yeah, sure. back I mean, that's off what Kevin the, Durant. But if the game's close, he might feel like, you know what? Damn the torpedoes. I have to play Kevin Durant 45 minutes. I have to play Devin Booker 45 minutes. Remember, after this game, it's every other day. Yep. Okay? It's Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, right? There are no th- more three-day there's breaks, is There's one isn't it? more break between six and seven. Is there? Yes. I believe there's an extra day's okay. break between six and seven. But until so Sunday, you get Tuesday, to seven, Thursday. Yes. Okay. Until you get to seven, it's bang, 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 bang. Yeah, so so do, you, do you play 
the long game here if you're Monty and, and hope that you can get by tonight with 39 Devin Booker minutes instead of 43, with 40 Kevin Durant minutes instead of 44. I mean, that, I, and I think you're right. I think a lot of it depends on the game flow. A lot of it will depend on how campaign, campaign is doing, how Terrence Ross is doing, assuming he gets some run tonight, whichever bench players Monty settles on and, and the rotation and how it looks. And then, of course, that's the other thing we're watching tonight. If it is different, how does Terrence Ross play? Guys, barely got any run so far this postseason. I know. How does TJ Warren play? Hasn't got any run. Barely got any run. Yeah. He's barely played. That's a concern of mine, is that these two guys have gotten very, very little playing time in a month, in about a month. Very little playing time. You know, and now can they shake off that rust in a must-win game in crucial minutes with a, a team that can defend those guys? And then just on the, on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to hunt those guys, by the way. Oh, Terrence yeah. Rawson, Hunt. Uh-huh. TJ Warren, Hunt. Yeah. I mean, you're hunting those guys. Big time. That was, that was part of the, the great preview that Kellen Olson wrote for ArizonaSports.com. And he wrote exactly that. Uh, if Ross plays, Denver is going to relentlessly pick on him by targeting mismatches through ball screens. Jamal Murray will very quickly get Ross switched on to him, and it will yield very good results for the Denver Nuggets. Mm. You're going to have to live with that. You're, if, if he plays, expect it. It's coming, and you're, and you're going to have to hope that Ross's production on the other end makes up for that. Because if it doesn't, if he's just out there getting killed and Terrence Ross isn't making his shots, wouldn't be surprised if Monty switches gear in the second half and goes away from Terrence Ross if he feels like it's not working, right? Which might lead to more disjointed basketball because it's just this constant, going to try this guy, going to try that guy, going to do this, going to do that. Look, Monty, is, works. Monty has gotten nothing out of the bench. Part of it's his fault. A lot of it's his fault. And now you're going to make this incredible adjustments, adjustment on the fly in a series to see if you can... Because I think without Chris Paul... As much as we need those other two, you need those other two guys to be special. Somebody on the bench has to step up and be an X factor. Yes. Somebody's got to score 16 points, seven for eight shooting, knock down a three. Somebody's got to do something to take the pressure because the Suns are going to miss Chris Paul scoring. They're going to miss it. And his smarts. They're going to miss a lot about Chris Paul, I think. We need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for games three and game four. Text the word ticket to 62620. Get yourself registered. Listen for your name during the five o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for game three and game four tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, text the word ticket to 620-620. Listen for your name during the five o'clock hour here on Burns and Gambo. The Nuggets surely just trying to steal one here in Phoenix or, or are they aiming for something bigger even than that? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Nuggets now. Sneak peek on our poll question because we we joked yesterday that we knew what we were going to do with it. It was almost a year ago to the day, which is crazy to think. It was almost exactly a year ago to the day that the Suns were sitting with a 2-0 lead over the Dallas Mavericks. And our poll question on that Friday going into the weekend's worth of a Friday game against the Mavs and a Sunday game against the Mavs of when we come back on Monday, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a sun sweep? Are we talking about suns up 3-1? Or are we talking about a series split 2-2? The vast majority of the audience, I think it was like 97%, either said sun sweep or suns up 3-1. 2%. I think it was 2%. Was it 2%? Had, no, 2% had 
Coming at back two, to two. Okay, so maybe even more than I remember. Was that? Was I that think what, it was two percent, right? Ruby's, Ruby's looking at it. Two percent. Two percent. Two percent said it's a two-two series. If we're doing Denver radio right now and we're asking that question, what what are what are our listeners in Denver saying to that question? Are one one. Are you coming home split. three one? Is that what split, you said? Knock it to split. Bring it home and knock them out in five. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. You're the Denver Nuggets and their fan base. You come back with a split. You're thrilled. You got a three-game series. They got to win all three. Two of the games are in your place. You're like, they're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was a guest on the morning show today, and I said, look, like I told you earlier in the last segment, I'm so confident about tonight. I'm actually nervous about how confident I am about tonight. Like, I, I feel really, really good. Sunday, to me, is the wild card. Sunday's the game where, like, I have no idea what's happening on Sunday. Not a clue. Because that, to me, tonight's the game where the Suns can overwhelm the Nuggets with their desperation and their energy and all of that stuff. And I think Durant's going to be rested and Booker's going to be wet on Sunday. I have no freaking clue what's going to happen on Sunday. I don't. Now, Nikola Jokic yesterday, uh, Jokic was the joker yesterday. <laughs> hey, why why look to just take one game in Phoenix? Let's get greedy. We are going to go and play heavy games to, to win the game. So uh, tomorrow is going to be a must win for us, you know. So just uh, we have a, we have our confidence, we have a we have a lead, we have a we have momentum. We are playing really good. So why why not? Calling tonight's game must win, and then this is where the Joker is getting jokey on us. Do you expect the Suns' energy to be up in Game Three? We expect their energy to be up now that they're back in their home court. No, my friend. I'm sorry. No, my friend, we expect them to surrender. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Mama's all right. Daddy's all right. They just seem a little weird. Uh, Surrender. That's good. Yeah, no, I think that, uh, listen, I mean, they they know they're going to get, to me, you're going to get Phoenix's best shot early. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna take it. They're gonna come out of the gates. They're gonna they, they know what's at stake. You've got if the Denver Nuggets are able to withstand that blow, and, and and hang around, hang around, withstand the blow, and then the pressure shifts to the Suns if it's close in the fourth quarter. Then the pressure really shifts to Phoenix. So for me, if you're the Denver Nuggets, you got to expect that that the Suns are gonna come out like gangbusters, right, and just try to you know try to break out a can of whoop ass and you know get back in this series. You got you got to over. Overcome that. You've got to withhold that run by by Phoenix. Now for the Suns, they've got to show that 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 ability. Right, get the lead, get the lead up to ten, and then increase it. Yeah. Don't let the Nuggets back, like in game one, right? Don't let the Nuggets back into the game. Try to try to get it to 12, 14, 15, 16, 18. So that way they can't get back. So we'll see if they could do that. But, um, you know, Suns are four and a half point favorites tonight. Most people expect that they'll, they'll win this one. Uh, but man, if the Nuggets are able to pull this out and, whew, Oh, yeah. Well, if Sunday is going to be, if the Nuggets win tonight, formality, Sunday, bloody Sunday. I mean, then at that point, you're just, I don't even know what you're hoping for if you're the Suns because now you're you, to me the the path to winning this series and and 
if you if you believe the series is in fact winnable, and I do, the path to winning the series mandates that you win both of these games at home. You you if you're the Suns, you cannot split and then think you're going to go to Denver and win two, two of, out of three. You're just not. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, that that is not going to happen. You will not have that that opportunity. Uh, Michael Malone yesterday he was he's still trying to instill that underdog mentality in his team. The most important thing for me is this. Uh, they're not going to give us game three. They're not going to give us game four. They're not going to give us the series. We have to take it. And that's our mindset right now. Come in here and take it because nothing's going to be given to us as we move forward. And when he, he went on to say, quote, things have gone our way so far. We haven't had much adversity in the postseason. So what's going to be important is if and when we face that adversity, how do we react? Not overreact and not panic, close quote. And I, you look. Know, I really dug that quote from Michael Malone because I, it got me thinking in some ways about the Suns and the Suns two years ago. Really, the only adversity they faced on their way to the finals when they were down to one of the L.A. Lakers. And then Anthony Davis, Anthony got, Davis hurt got hurt and, and suddenly the path cleared and there was very little adversity for the Phoenix Suns, hardly at all until they got to the finals. Malone's absolutely right. They've really not been challenged so far this postseason. They had a relatively easy time with Minnesota. They've had a relatively easy time with the Suns. At some point, you hope the Suns muster up a good punch right between the eyeballs yeah. and and cut them. Second and quarter, make it hurt. And then and then what do the Nuggets do when they get punched between the eyes like yeah, do that? Do they right? respond or they just say, okay, right. let's, let's pack it in and get ready for game four? Second quarter, game one. Suns got outscored 37 to 19. That was the ball game. I mean, you have a quarter like that, you could put them away. The Suns, the Suns got beaten to a pulp in game one. Brutal first half. They were down 68 to 51. They never got back into the game. That's what you need to do. You know, put, put it, put the Nuggets in a position where they can't make a run. What happened in game one? There was no answer for Murray. The Suns need that to be in their favor. There's got to be no answer for Durant or no answer for Booker. There's got to be no answer for somebody. And that way they could get out to that. I mean, that's what you're looking at because the Suns in that first in that first game, they they were that was so that game for all intents and purposes that game was over at halftime because of one gigantic second quarter run that ended it, and the Suns were never able to climb back in it. So if they could have that first quarter, second quarter, that great quarter that puts Denver in a big hole. Yep. Denver may not be able to overcome a hole like that. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for them to really just come out in one of these quarters and take it to them. Especially when there's questions about Denver. And, and look, they've played so well lately. It's, I feel I feel like a schmuck for even bringing this up. But there are questions about Denver's, I don't know, not their toughness necessarily, but just how playoff ready there are. I mean, they're the number one seed in the West. But as you pointed out yesterday, they're one of the worst number one seeds in the Western Conference that we've seen in years, at least in terms of record, right? They're 19 and 22 on the road this year. Now, that stat only goes so far. The Golden State Warriors were one of the worst road teams in the NBA, and what they go and do? They, they won, won game, game seven in Sacramento, five and game seven in yeah. Sacramento, right? Like, yeah, but okay, we were a terrible road team in the regular season. Who the hell cares about that? Does Denver have that in them, or is the fact that they were 19 and 22 on the road this year? signs of some problems for them that they're away from their building and that they'll crumble when they get punched. I don't know, but you're right. That big quarter, that that defining quarter, if the Suns can muster up one of those, 
I don't know what Denver's going to do. I'm thinking of the Clippers series. Remember in that game five? The Suns had that quarter against the Clippers. And the Clippers didn't quit. No, they made a crazy comeback. The Suns punched the them fourth as, quarter. as hard as they could in the third quarter. 50 to 24 yeah. in the third quarter. I almost stopped paying attention to the fourth quarter. I, I kind of did stop paying attention. And, and the Clippers didn't care. No. They just kept back coming. Back to back to back to back three pointers. Four three pointers in a row. So we'll, we'll see. I, I look, here's DeAndre Aiden. He's talking. About desperation. This new adversity um, is all a part of the playoffs. And the thing is, it's really enlightening us, you know. Um, we, uh, now we got a good and grind. Now we're desperate. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I kind of like it. You know, um, it's nothing, uh, we got nothing to lose, to be honest. So, you know, just to have that feeling so early in the series and, you know, know that, golly, everything really counts. Okay, one, I don't kind of like it. And, and, two, and they're trying to embrace it. They're trying to, to try to make a positive out of a negative. And two, you've got a lot to lose here, DeAndre. Well, we got nothing to lose. We're down to, yeah, 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 you do. Yeah, you do. You've got, you got plenty to lose. Yeah, he's got, lose he's got to play a lot better. Yes, he does. A lot better. Yeah. He's been a pre- he's been a problem. Jokic killed him in game two. Jokic has been the better player in both games. He kind of held his own a little bit in game one, but I thought he got out playing in game one. Game two was a lot of Jokic. And, you know, if he got in some foul trouble, that probably, you know, it's not going to be the case tonight because the foul, like, the, the reality is that the, the calls are more going to go towards the Suns, you know, in this game than they will the Nuggets. Um, but DeAndre's got to make sure he doesn't get in foul trouble. And they just, you know, I mean, we, you know, we've said that the Suns, the great experiment, we just don't know. And now with Chris Paul out, we just like, I don't know. So many people ask you, what, what do you expect? I don't know what you're going to get at a campaign. He hasn't played yeah. in a while, like been good. He hasn't been good. First of all, he's been terrible in the playoffs so far. Hasn't been good. Yeah. Um, can he get back to what he did a couple of years ago when he was great in the playoffs, especially against the Lakers? I mean, that's it's, it's a big unknown. And this might sound like superficial to some. I think the crowd tonight. Is a big factor in this game. Like, like the, it, it needs to be start good. Then. It needs to be not that nervous energy. It needs to be that good energy. It needs to be not that oh, we're dreading this and what's going to happen and what happens if we. It needs to be that good, positive energy about this because that that building they're, they're going to need a building like that tonight. Diamondbacks, they are back home tonight. They're getting ready to host the Washington Nationals. We'll preview the series. We'll talk D-backs baseball. Our exclusive conversation with the manager, Troy Lovello, is next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager, Tori Lovello, joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Downtown Phoenix is going to be a busy night tonight. It's got the Suns game at 7 and then right across the street at 640. Got the Arizona Diamondbacks back home after a very brief five-game road trip. Hosting the Washington Nationals tonight at 640. And joining us right now for his weekly visit with us as he does every single Friday, the manager of the Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello, here on Burns and Gambo. Tori, welcome back to the show, man. How are we doing today? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Good, good. good. Skip, Skip, let's start with this. Um, you, you didn't put him on the injured list. He got a chance to pinch hit and play a little bit on Wednesday. Will Corbin Carroll be back in the starting lineup tonight? Yeah, he is. He's going to be um, starting a designated hitter. It's just, you know, it's a process. we got to make sure that we're mindful of, of his return to play and uh, check all these boxes slowly but surely. You know, you invest it and, and save time on the front side. You get him for the whole year. Try to fast forward and, and amplify it. 
Uh, you know, he's going to be playing catch up and banged up for the next week, two, three. And I don't want to sign up for that. I want to get him well, get him right. I'm going to follow the protocol from the medical team and we'll get him out there as much as we can as soon as we can. His day's coming where he's going to be back in the field very soon, but he's checked all of his boxes and we're really excited about that. Yeah, I would imagine that's something that you just got to be very careful with, right? This kid's the future of the organization, the mm-hmm. face of the franchise, having a great year, just a great year. And I imagine you got error on the side of caution when it comes to him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, he uh, he is off to a great start. He's still a very young player. He's got one gear, and that's fast forward. He's going he's gonna to go after it as hard as he can for as long as he can. And sometimes we got to be the parent in the room and control it for him so he doesn't kind of eat it himself. But uh, we're in a good spot with him. He, we, we think we dodged a bullet uh, running out there. We were all holding our breath, and by the time – we got out there, and I heard him say the words, I think I'm going to be okay. Um, that made us all feel good. But we got to be smart as we push this thing forward. He'll be available to us uh, a little bit less than normal, but still having him out there and pinch hitting and helping us win a game was huge. And he'll DH today and impact the game from a different vantage point. But he's going to help us win a baseball game hopefully tonight. That's got to be the worst feeling as a manager, right? Running out there and your mind is probably yeah. just, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, right? Like, it's got to yeah. be. It's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably the only person feeling worse about it than me were his parents, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm running out there thinking knee, ankle broken, uh, back, concussion. You just you can hear the impact. You don't know what part of his body hit the hit the uh, hit the wall, but we were very thankful. By the time I got out there and asked um, the trainer Max Exposito exactly what was going on and what part of his body was hurting, he said it was his left knee. Uh, and then two seconds after that, I heard Corbin say, "I think I'm going to be okay." So at that point, it was a collective sigh of relief. You've had a couple of days to digest it. He's the number one pitching prospect in the organization. Now that you can look back on it, how would you rate the debut of Brandon Fott and what he did for you on Wednesday? Just okay. I know that um, he kept us in the ball game. He gave us a chance to potentially win. He made some mistakes and got clipped a couple times there in his last inning. But no, prior to that, it was it was four innings, two runs, and, and everything was trending in a very positive direction. He was landing his fastball. The mound presence, the ability to repeat his delivery and find find the strike zone was, was fantastic. All the things that we predicted. But you know, whether it's fed up on him or not, I think he made some mistakes and he got hit by a team that – has been hitting the ball real well, and it wasn't the best environment to have him go out there in his first his first outing. But he did it. He did a good job, and and he kept us in the game. We ended up winning the game, but I know he gave up way too many runs for for his appetite. So he'll get back to the drawing board. He'll walk in here today, and he'll get after it. I know it's it's day two for for him and this transition of getting better for the next start. But that's what he's built on. He's going to make some quality adjustments. He's going to find his way to help us win a baseball game here in another few days. All right. All right, I got to ask you, what, what do you think? Uh, what did you think of our, our family friend, Josh Young, from the Texas Rangers? <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't know he was your friend. I, we, Yo, we yes, you did. I sent you, I sent you a picture of him at my house a couple of years ago. You're like, big kid, uh, maybe he'll be a first baseman. You know, we talked about it. You know, he's. Oh, man. man. Yeah, he, he heard us, you know, and um, I know he got hot there for the, for the Yankee series prior to us coming in. And he hits he hits the ball very well. He's got a great approach, playing a good third base as well. But his approach allows him to stay on all pitches. So yeah, he definitely hurt us. He had two home runs in that last day. Luckily, we were able to come that. But he, yeah, really good, young, talented 
player that uh, the league's going to take notice of. Yeah, we're we're all so happy for him. Uh, let me ask you about the bullpen, and and we could talk. You know, we talked about you know Brandon Fat and the struggles, and I know you had to keep him out there a little bit. And there's a lot of concern of mine with the three rookies in the rotation that if they can't battle and get you the five or six innings, you're going to wear your bullpen out really quick. Now the bullpen came in four and a third scoreless. It was absolutely excellent. This bullpen's a lot better than it was last year. But what concern level do you have with three rookies about the amount of innings you may require out of your pen? I feel just like you do. I am concerned about it. Um, you know, there, there are three young starting pitchers uh, and you know this is a different environment than, than most of them have ever been in before and they're going to learn and, and grow up on the spot and I think Brandon Fott having been out there for that fifth inning even though I probably left him out there for a batter too long is something that he's going to learn and grow from so we're going to have some growing pains but I think I think that that, that they're going to pay off. They're going to pay dividends um, in in the very near future. We've already seen it with Tommy. He's done a great job for us last year. We already saw it. Uh, I've seen it with Nelly. Um, so we just we got to be patient. We got to keep tutoring and teaching and, and pushing forward every single day. But you're right. Also on the second part of that is if we are running our bullpen out there from the fifth inning on for the rest of the year, they're not going to make it through through the entire season. So we got to be mindful of that. The overall appearances for some of our, our positive role guys, it's got to be a really good number for that last month of the season. We're expecting to be in this race. We're expecting to have meaningful games played here in September. So we got to we got to count everything up. It, it, you, you can't hide from it. So we got to be we got to be a little bit better with our starting pitcher pitching. I think these kids are going to grow up before our very eyes and do their job. Tori Lavello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show for his weekly visit. Diamondbacks and the Nationals tonight at six forty. Kind of a, a related question then. Zach Davies is one of the few like veteran guys that you have in your rotation when he's healthy. How how much are you hopeful that he'll be returning and returning soon to maybe kind of balance out some of the the youth. That you have in that rotation of yours right now we need them you're right um and if you were flying the wall in my office right before i picked up the phone and called you we were just talking about that so he threw a 41 pitch pen today um i'll announce that here in the next few minutes when i meet with the media feels very good um feeling so good that we're going to probably push his his progression a little bit to where he's going to rather than face live hitters in a simulated game we're going to put him potentially depending on how he feels leading up to the next next um over these next four days put him into a game and extended so that's real good news you know it was a portion of his body where he's able to continue to do his arm care so he's not so far behind but he's feeling good and we need him we need zach davies to kind of solidify some things from from a veteran standpoint yep and then for his ability to go out there and command the baseball and do his job he's gonna help us win baseball game how many starts in extended or in the minors would you expect that you would want out of him before you think he might be back if everything goes according to plan yeah, very fair ask. Um, we'll get him the first one, most likely early next week. We'll count up five more days from there, get him another one, and then we'll regroup and reconsider okay. where we're going to go after that. Skip, I want to ask you about, and I don't think this is, should come as a surprise, but the organization obviously let go of Seth Beer. He was part of the Granky trade, had the memorable home run last year on opening day as you guys made that great comeback, but just, you know, really struggled with the strikeouts and putting the bat on the ball. And I know you guys gave him every single opportunity, but just your thoughts when a, when a player like that has to be released when he was brought over in a trade. And there was some hopes that maybe he could have a role with the organization in, in some way. It just didn't materialize. 
Yeah, that happens a lot in this game. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, he got here on National Beer Day last year, right, and hit a walk-off yeah. home run. How good was that for all of us to remember? But, you know, uh, it's just about continuing to push and grow day by day and, and week by week and year by year to be in the best version of yourself. And, you know, maybe at this point in time it wasn't working out for Seth, but he can hit. He can put the barrel on the baseball, but – you know, hitting hitting's a very tough chore. You're getting pitched to and expanding the zone and swinging at the pitcher's pitch and putting a little bit too much pressure on yourself. It can it can lead you down the wrong road. So he's going to figure that out. He's going to figure it out because he's he's a born hitter. And you know, obviously, getting taken off the roster wasn't anything that he had planned on. But really, what it means is we've got really good players in this organization, right? If you're talking about a player that we've been counting on and had counted on to help us win games last year. And he gets taken off the roster. We've got some really capable replacements. All right, leave me with this. One of the things that stood out about you has stood out about your team this year is just how well you guys have played defensively. Really shored things up. Rojas has been great, but last year you guys struggled uh, throwing the ball away. A lot of errors, and I know that 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 you know eats at you uh, when you give mm-hmm. games away that way. This year, the defense has been much much better. Yeah, we had to tighten that up. Josh Rojas is playing gold glove caliber defense, and that comes from a lot of hard work and a lot of trust from the coaches. Look, he, he got into a little bit of rut, la- of a rut last year, and his hands and feet weren't working. Really good feelers have real good feet, and that's where it starts. So everybody's doing a really good job with their lower half, getting in, in the right position to feel the ball. And then once you feel it, you got to drive throws across the diamond. So. We're, we learned our, we learned some tough lessons. You know, we got to continue to work in this area. Pitching and defense go hand in hand. Terry, we appreciate it. Uh, best of luck tonight and this weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday, okay? Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Skip. Terry Lovello uh, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here on the Burns and Gambo Show for his weekly visit. Diamondbacks and the Nationals tonight at 640 from Chase Field. When we come back here on this Friday, back to the Phoenix Suns. They're down 2-0. Tough mountain to climb back up. But a member of the Suns has been there and done that. How can he help? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. You have to forgive us. We basically thought of this one, what, Eric, like three days ago? <laughs> I was going to say a year ago. A year ago? A year ago, yeah. And an almost exact carbon copy of a question that we asked our audience one year ago, almost to the day, by the way. Um, it's a poll question that I can't wait to see the results of. I think I know where it's going to be, but what, give it to the people. What do we got so far, Rubes? Well, uh, there's no doubt it's a crucial weekend for the Suns as they're down 0-2 to the Nuggets. So what do you think happens over this two-game homestand this weekend? Here are your four options. Option number one's the happy one, right? They win both. They sweep at home. It's a tied series going back to Denver. Option number two is they win tonight, but then they lose game four. Option number three is they lose tonight, but they win game four. And then option number four is the Nuggets in four. So do you think it's going to be the Suns sweep at home, the Nuggets sweep the Suns, or they win and they lose a game in a different combination? I think the Suns win tonight. You know what? The hell with it. Suns win them both. Oh, love the energy. Suns win them both. The hell with it. I don't see it. (laughs) Suns... I don't know which one. They, Suns win tonight, lose game four. I don't see them winning both games. I think if they lose tonight, they're getting swept. Like, like I mean, I, Minnesota was down 3 nothing. They played. Anthony Edwards came out. They played with pride. They won a game against I, them. They did, and the Suns could do the same thing. I, I just think if they lose tonight, 
I know what Minnesota did. I, I just I would feel like that is just a precursor to them. Yeah, getting I don't swept. need to see some Nuggets fan punching out a, f- a Suns fan while he's holding up four fingers. <laughs> four, four. What a disaster! Payback. I don't think it's going to happen. You know what? I'm 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 channeling positive energy. I think the Suns win both of these games. What's our audience say? You and our audience is channeling positive energy that oh, seemed to have been lacking this last week. Fifty-eight percent think the Suns sweep at home, and it's tied two-two going back to. Denver in second place at 23.6%. It's Gambo's choice. They win game three tonight, but they go on to lose game four. In third place, it's the Nuggets in four sweeping the way. And in last place at 4.5%, they lose game three, but they win game four. Seems like the least likely scenario. So more people, and you're right, it does. More people think the Nuggets will sweep as opposed to the Suns losing tonight, but then rallying to win game four at home. Basically, if they lose tonight, the people say it's over. For a reference point, um, it was on May 6th, so exactly 364 days ago, uh, we had our poll question. When the show hits the air on Monday, what will be the state of the Suns-Mavericks series? 54.3% of our audience said the Suns are going to be up three games to one. 43% of our audience said the Suns in four, the series is done. 2.6% said the series would be tied two games apiece. 2.6%. 2.6%. We're correct. <laughs> you said, like, like, that's the thing you just don't know. No, no. Oh, no. I mean, it would be like, you know, I think the Suns will come out. And they, look, the Suns are a very good basketball team, but you miss it, a key, key player on your roster, and you're replacing them with somebody who hasn't played very much at all. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, thanks, Rubes. We appreciate it. That's the poll question. You can find it uh, and interact with the show. Please give us a follow on the Burns and Gamble Twitter page. Uh, Twitter yeah. page. It's the best way to follow along with the show while we're on the air. That's, at how, Eric gets his, that's how Eric gets his bonuses. Really? I mean, if you want to help Eric get a bonus, what are these bonuses, along, man? <laughs> you hit a certain amount, maybe you'll get a bonus. I mean, like, just you got, like, the, like the page. You got free lunch today, so there, there was yes. that. Right? Every yeah. comment is .1 cent in my pocket, so. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll try to it's keep like those music royal, Like music royalties, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. what, do those, what do those guys get for having a song played? It's probably like a penny every time they a song plays. They get nothing. They get nothing. Nothing. Not a lot. Yeah, not every time like a download of their song or something, yeah. it's, it's not a whole. But when you think about how many people are downloading their songs, it could quickly add up. Kevin Durant's been in this boat before. 2012, with the member, as a member, I should Ooh. say, of the Oklahoma City Thunder, they were down 2-0 in a series against the San Antonio Spurs. They rallied to win that series. What does he remember about that? Try to take care of your business every possession at home, one possession at a time. You can't get everything back at once, so... Just having that focus and that and that um, you know togetherness on every possession, I think, gonna lead to some solace. You just got to take it in, like one, one, literally one possession at a time to see what. Happens. I hope he's not in that other boat on Sunday. <laughs> he's in this boat. I hope he doesn't go to the other boat. Yeah, the boat. You know where, what boat I'm talking about? Yeah, the boat where they don't you know, win the series, where they get that, swept. The, yes. Yeah, boat where you go fishing. Yeah, you know, I hope he's boat. not on the fishing boat on Sunday. The TNT Charles yeah. Barkley Kenny Smith boat. Yeah, oh, who's God. the ca- who's the characters if they're on that boat? It's book. It's, it's book. It's CP. CP. It's it's and KD. Book. No, it's the, the, it's the, the big three. It's the it's the big four. I'll throw eight in there. You have to imagine Aiton's going to be highlighted. Sure, sure. It's, it's I'm going to say Matt Ishby is on that boat. Of course, Matt Ishby is on Matt the boat. Matt Ishby is on Monty? that boat. Monty's on the boat. Monty's on the boat. That's the five. That's the six. Well, don't they usually include somebody famous from the market too? Who's That's what I'm wondering. Is, like, is Michael Phelps swimming up to the boat? <laughs> is Michael Phelps in the water swimming? Is Emma Stone on the boat? She's kind of a semi-famous Suns fan. Who's, fa- who's, who's somebody famous that goes to the games? Emma I think Stone's- Emma Stone's a good Emma call. Emma Stone's been to the games. OBJ? 
OBJ's been to a few of the games, yeah. But Emma Stone's been to a few of the games. Do you know who Emma Stone is? Actress. Yeah, redhead actress. She was in some of the Spider-Man movies. She was yeah. in, what's the, what's La La Land? La La Land. She was in La La, you probably didn't see La La Land, did you? No. That was a musical? No. <laughs> I liked, I liked musicals at, when I was a kid, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That was, that a, was a good movie. La La Land was actually a pretty yeah. good movie for a musical. I like good. that. Musicals? Yeah. Was, 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 tro- was the, the Chocolate Factory, Willie, was that a musical? <laughs> the Sound of Music? Was the that a musical? The, the, the Sound of Music I used to freaking love that. Definitely. Go, a deer, a female deer. Oh, oh Ray. I used to love that. I, I love that stuff. Then, you know what? La La yeah. Land might be for you. I might have to try you it. You might actually enjoy it. I liked um, Grease. Was that a few, Was that a musical? Grease was Grease? definitely. Yeah, you see? You, yeah, I love that. What, what the, the hell are you, what are you What are you mocking musicals for? You just rattled off like four of the best musicals of all time. I'm just saying. You asked me if I watched it. I said I didn't Watch oh, it, but okay. I said I liked like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and you the should, Sound of Music. You should see La La Grease. Land. You might like you might like it if you're if you're down with the musicals. Goomba, goomba, doomba, <laughs> I've got another riddle for you. Who who expected show tunes on today's Burns and Gambo? Anybody? Like yeah, I, real, yeah, Ruby did. Ruby thought what he was going to. Let's talk about. Let's get you off of singing and let's talk about Kevin Durant and his history being down two games to none. He's played. He's eight times in his career. He has started on the road, and he's two and six in those eight series when they lose the first two. So Kevin Durant has started on the road in eight series in his career of 31 total playoff series, and is two and six in those eight series. Um, you know when they're down. So we'll see. We'll see if Kevin Durant's able to you know come back and, and get these victories. That was game. I think that was after game one. It was. When he's down in a series, so he's been in this situation before. I know you've got a list of a whole bunch of them, and he was down two nothing in Oklahoma City and came back to win a series. Correct? Yeah, he was. Uh, 2012, they were down two zero. They took the next four games to win the series in six. They went to the NBA Finals. They lost to Miami. Uh, that was probably the the, the most. Famous. The rest of the times he's lost when down two zero in a playoff series. 2010, 2014, last year, famously when they were on the the seventh seeded Brooklyn Nets, they got swept by the Boston Celtics. He, you know, he was asked about 2012 and what example he kind of takes away from that. We learn that anyway in the NBA. We play so many games. We get, we get taught that first day of training camp as a pro, next man mentality. Don't get too high, too low. So you got to fall back on that stuff that you learned and start there and play. There were, look, obviously there were a ton of previews to read about tonight's game. And, and I, I read them all. You read them all. We're just trying to you know get as much information about this as we possibly could going into the game. I read one, and I thought it was worth bringing this up and asking this as a conversation point. Um, this was from the Athletic website. They were previewing the series, and they were previewing the game tonight. And they wrote, The Suns' championship hopes took a major hit with KD's pregame ankle injury in March 8th. Totally agree. That kept him out three weeks and robbed the sons of building chemistry. Totally agree. You agree? Totally agree. Tell me why. Well, because, you know, we get, we went, we, we, we had chronicled this so many times that by not playing, it really was the greatest experiment ever. We look, me and you looked back on all the guys that got traded and were decent pieces of teams 
that, you know, remember we brought up like Mark Aguirre. We brought up all the guys that were on teams. Paul, Paul Gasol. Um, was it, was it, uh, was it Drexler? Was it, I think it was Drexler we looked at. We looked at a whole bunch of those players that had gone to a team and helped them win or get close to a championship. The difference with those guys in Durant is all those guys had played 35 games, 35, 36, 37 games because they got traded at the deadline and played. Mark Aguirre, mm-hmm. when he got traded, I'm just trying to think of a list in my head. It was Mark Aguirre. It was, uh, I think it was either, I think it was Drexler. It was Powell who didn't win the first year. But we looked at all of those players and we said that this is the difference. They played 35 games. They had to, Kevin Durant played eight. So in 30, 35 compared to eight, I mean, it's like 20% of what the, so to me, it's, it, it, it is important. I think that's a great point that they got robbed of about three weeks of continuity and chemistry of playing together. And I do think that that's a factor. I truly do. Yeah. Part of the same preview on the athletic, one of the other writers chimed in and said, quote, Phoenix is probably a year away from true contention, close quote. I hadn't really thought about that injury in that context, like that's what robbed them of their chance it to win a championship of, of this year. Twenty something games of playing with it them, did. Yeah. And, and and certainly it robbed Monty of an opportunity to kind of figure out how it was going to work around him. Uh, I still thought they'd be able to overcome that. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't been able to. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, when you talk about the Denver Nuggets, you talk about Nikola Jokic, you talk about Jamal Murray. The guy in this series has not been either one of those guys. Will he continue to be the man for the Denver Nuggets? It's tonight. That's one of the big questions, and we'll talk about it next on Burns and Gambo.